Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going up into the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour, a certain man who was lame from his mother's womb was being carried, whom they laid daily at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask gifts for the needy of those who entered into the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive gifts for the needy. Peter, fastening his eyes on him, with John said, Look at us. He listened to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have, that I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Leaping up, he stood and began to walk. He entered with him into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him, that it was he who used to sit, begging for gifts for the needy at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Why do you fasten your eyes on us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up, and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had determined to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, to which we are witnesses, by faith in His name. His name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is through Him has given Him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, brothers, I know that you did this in ignorance, asked it also your rulers. But the things which God announced by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, so that there may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus Christ, who was ordained for you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God spoke long ago by the mouth of his holy prophets. For Moses indeed said to the fathers, The Lord God will raise up a prophet for you from among your brothers, like me. You shall listen to him in all things, whatever he says to you. It will be that every soul that will not listen to that prophet will be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets, from Samuel and those who followed after, as many as have spoken, they also told of these days, You are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, 
In your offspring will all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you in turning away every one of you from your wickedness. We are examining Acts chapter 3 today. So the lame man at the beginning of this chapter was at the door of the temple asking for gifts. Peter sees him and responds by saying, Silver and gold I have none, but what I have, that I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Man, Peter seems so confident that God could work in that setting to heal the lame man. After all, this wasn't the first time a healing had been done at the hands of the apostles. Jesus had trained them and grew their faith regarding this himself in Luke 9 verses 1 through 6, for example. Now, Peter didn't seem too concerned with the fact that he didn't have any material resources to offer the man. He had something greater in view. He trusted in the power of God. But unlike Peter in this instance, I wonder if we as Christians can sometimes fall into the trap of trusting in fleshly means to try and do God's work. Don't get me wrong, money can be a useful resource in doing God's work for sure. But does a church body, for example, feel more validated, powerful, equipped, or effective if they're well off financially? I wonder if it can be easy to start trusting too much in financial resources and not enough in the power of God. Remember that the church in Jerusalem at that time was in poverty. Peter had renounced everything to follow Christ. He tells the man he doesn't have any silver or gold. Now this isn't to say Peter wasn't going to address the man's physical needs, maybe just not in the way he was expecting, in a way that required faith and put on display the power of God at work through the name of Jesus. Verse 7 says, he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. God had certainly given Peter the gift of faith in this moment. How out of the ordinary it was, right, for a lame man like this to be healed. How much confidence Peter must have had in God to take this man by the hand and raise him up, knowing that he would be healed. This was certainly one of the many miraculous signs and wonders that would be done by the hands of the early church apostles. Now, maybe not to that extent, and perhaps on a smaller scale, but equally significant in God's eyes. Have you ever experienced a Peter moment like this? A time when God granted you a special boldness or faith out of the ordinary to do something for the kingdom of God? An unplanned and spontaneous move of God by His Spirit through you, perhaps to serve someone or grant a word of encouragement? Maybe it was approaching a homeless person on the street and sharing the love of Christ or maybe it was responding to a sudden burden to pray for someone or give a friend a call out of the blue to just check on them. When we read how God powerfully worked through the apostles in the early church, let's also consider how God can, with equal significance, work through us every day to make an impact for His kingdom. Maybe not in such a dramatic way as healing a lame man, but no less significant. Anytime God works through us by His Spirit, it brings him glory. And God certainly worked here through Peter in Acts 3 to bring glory to Jesus Christ. More than addressing the lame man's physical needs, Peter was there to address his and others' spiritual needs. Peter wanted to offer them Jesus who could heal them from being spiritually lame. So just like Acts chapter 2, we once again see the Holy Spirit working something miraculous. Last chapter, he fell on those who believed 
and they proclaimed the mighty works of God in unlearned languages, this chapter, in the power of the Spirit of God, through the name of Jesus, by faith, Peter is used by God to heal a lame man. Miraculously, in an instant, his feet and bones received strength. The previously lame man didn't slowly and arduously come to his feet. No, he leaped up. This guy was completely healed and apparently full of new vigor and energy. Jesus brought restoration to him physically, and now Peter is going to invite him and all who witnessed the phenomenon to embrace spiritual restoration through faith in Jesus. You see, just like Acts chapter 2, the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in this setting also had a greater purpose. It wasn't just for show. It wasn't to entertain people. The end game wasn't necessarily even the healing of a lame man. All of this served a greater purpose once again, to get everybody's attention, set the stage, provide a platform for Peter to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people. Remember the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It appears there's a pattern forming here in Acts in that miraculous signs and wonders accomplished through the Holy Spirit in the sight of many were a precursor to the proclamation of God's word. They were like the appetizer. The main course was the preaching of God's word, particularly the message of the cross of Christ. Jesus tells his followers in Matthew 5 to let their light so shine so that others may see their good works and give glory to God. God, by his spirit, has uniquely equipped each believer to be lights to the world. What we are to proclaim is not ourselves, but rather Christ crucified and ourselves simply as servants. Peter's actions here in Acts 3 is a good example and great reminder of how we should give glory to God when he works through us. Notice how Peter doesn't take credit or receive glory for what has been done through him in healing this man. The first thing he does is deflect the attention away from himself giving all glory, honor, and credit to God. He said, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Why do you fasten your eyes on us, as though by our own power or godliness we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. What Peter does here is pretty similar to what John the Baptist does in John chapter 3 when he said about Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. All right, so after making sure God receives the glory for the miracle, Peter immediately proceeds to share the message of the gospel. The appetizer had been given, the healing of a lame man. Now the main course is served. Peter starts telling them about their Messiah, Jesus, whom they had denied and killed. He said in verses 14 to 15, but you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, to which we are witnesses. I love that Peter refers to Jesus as the Holy and Righteous One here. Such a name is used nearly 50 times in the Old Testament as a title for Yahweh, the God of Israel. Peter's basically telling them by rejecting Jesus, you rejected and killed God himself. You see, they had denied and murdered their Messiah, who was perfect, innocent, and sinless. They had rejected and killed their maker. And even more, they chose a murderer over him. 
They could have set Jesus free, but instead released a murderer from his death sentence. And yet, ironically, isn't that a picture for the gospel? A guilty man being set free and an innocent man dying in his place? As Christians, aren't we all like the guilty man Barabbas who was set free? We deserved death and hell for our sins, and yet we've been released from that prison death sentence and given eternal life through faith in Jesus, even though we didn't deserve it. Jesus, who did nothing wrong and deserved no punishment, died in our place for our sins. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.18 that Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That is good news. Now, after Peter exposes their sin in his preaching by telling them that they had killed their Messiah, he then offers hope in Christ. Peter testifies to the death and resurrection of Christ as fulfillment of prophetic writings. He uses Old Testament scripture to validate his claims in commanding the people to listen to Jesus. He communicates that Jesus came to bless them. Now, when you think of a blessing from God, what comes to mind? A nice new car? A great job? Good health? Notice the blessing Peter had in mind in verse 26 where he says, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you and turning away every one of you from your wickedness. The blessing God has in store for his people is to turn us away from our sins. God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We come to God as we are, trusting in the finished work of Christ for our salvation that he died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day. We can have an assurance of eternal life based solely on believing in Jesus and what he did for us. We're saved by grace through faith. This is not our own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. When we receive Jesus by faith, we have eternal life. We are saved from the eternal penalty of sin, which is hell. When we receive Jesus by faith, he sends us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us to help, guide, comfort, empower, teach, convict, and sanctify us. God wants to bless each of us by turning us from the slavery of our sin to the freedom of living in the power of his spirit. God doesn't want to leave us in the misery and bondage of our sin. He wants us to experience the blessing of being set free from sin so we can serve him and bear fruit for him to his praise. You will find blessing and peace in walking in the good works God has prepared for you to walk in. You'll find joy in living out God's will and plan for your life. Purposely and continually walking in sin will not bring fulfillment to a Christian's life. Jesus wants our joy to be full. If we're Christians but living like the world, let's turn from our ways. Let's not shortchange the blessing God wants to work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Let's allow Jesus to take our minds captive in obedience to him. Man, Peter preached such a powerful sermon here. What an excellent template this is for how we can share the good news of Jesus with others. Use God's word to expose sin. Offer hope in Christ. Teach about the death and resurrection of Christ for our justification. Use scripture to testify to Jesus 
who he is and how he saves. And finally, invite others to turn from their sinful rejection of Christ to faith in him for forgiveness, salvation, and blessing. that Jesus shed But now I know that all the works I did were meaningless compared with Jesus' lonely death on the cross where He bore sin And now I have the righteousness that is by faith in Jesus' name
That was The Cross, from the Adams Road album, Resurrected. That was an Adams Road Piano original piece. 
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 4. Grace and peace be with you all.